diving into full-time photography is a daunting task. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast episode, you're likely considering doing just that. If you saw the title of this episode and are looking for some inspiration to take your hobby or side hustle and turn it into a full-time gig, then this is just the episode for you. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box, and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. In today's episode, I'm joined by Caroline of Caroline Jean Photography. Caroline is sharing her journey from teaching to photography business ownership. In this episode, we'll tackle the mental hurdles that come with making a huge brand and the special focus on heirloom portraits. So tune in to hear how Caroline bravely took the plunge into full-time photography and how you can too. So now I present to you episode number 46 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Thank you, Caroline, for being on the podcast today. We have Caroline from Caroline Jean Photography on the podcast. And as we're recording today, she's also doing the takeover on TMA's Instagram. And so... I'm excited to chat with you today. Yes, I am so excited. Thrilled to be talking with you. Yeah, so if you wouldn't mind, would you just start out by telling us about you and your business? Absolutely. So like you've mentioned, my business is Caroline Jean Photography. I started photography um, just around 2014. And at the time, I had just graduated college and had started a teaching job, but needed, you know, had photography as an outlet, loved it, and, you know, taught and built my business for the last better part of a decade. And just recently resigned from teaching to take, you know, this dream full time. And so absolutely loving it. I focus on course, motherhood photography, so family, newborn, maternity, and then heirloom portraits. So that seems to be a pattern. Teachers that get into photography and then leave teaching. (laughs) What do you think it is that draws teachers to photography? You know, well, depending on where you live, many teachers need a second job and secondary income. And I think For me personally, photography had always been such a passion of mine, and I needed that after a long day in the classroom, needed that outlet and loved picking up my camera and trying different things and learning. And over the years, kind of realized, wow, this this could be my job. Like, this could be it. It's, you know, so different than education, but also there's so many similarities with kids and families and you know having just that connection and nurturing personality so i think they kind of go hand in hand yeah i would think too that you make such a good network of clients as a teacher because that's you know everybody with young families or using photographers so i think maybe that might be a blessing and a curse like did you find it hard to work for maybe families or students that you already knew? I feel like that definitely could happen when, you know, you have a small community. I live in a smaller city and it's definitely a place where I walk into home goods and they know me by name, but also big enough that you can meet new people frequently. So I think when you're getting started, families 
you know, at your school may say, oh, I would love a Christmas card picture. Or I did like first day of school photos for like the kids in my class and then all the families wanted in. So it's definitely a great way to make that connection. But then you sometimes need to draw a line and have that boundary. Right. I think, you know, when I was first starting, you're right. Like it's, I think it's great to have lots of people that you already know become clients, but did you find that it was hard to, let's say, charge what you really wanted to charge or raise prices? I feel like when people think they knew you before, uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they don't take it as seriously maybe sometimes. And there's this like growing pains of, okay, maybe I've outgrown Mm -hmm. this circle. And if I want to raise prices, I have to move to a different circle. Did you feel any of that? Definitely. And one, you know, thing that was kind of unique is another teacher at my school, I taught fourth grade and another teacher taught kindergarten. And we both started our photography businesses at the same time. So we would kind of like get to school 30 minutes early. And before the kids would arrive, we would talk about what are, you know, what kind of sessions are you doing this week? How are you editing? Um, You know, where are you going to what's your website host going to be? So as we were learning, we were doing it to, you know, separate businesses, Mm -hmm. but together. Right. We both found like in the beginning, like many people, I was offering, oh, a family session for $150. And then when that really changed and I switched to more profitable pricing, it was definitely, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily like a rude awakening, but when families would inquire, they would, you know, it would just be a a big shock, um, make for some awkward conversations in the classroom. So I definitely kind of began to draw a line and not take on many clients from from the school. Yeah. How did, how, any tips on that transition? Like, how did you, how'd you do that? Like, well, transitioning from teaching to photography? Well, no, or, well, or we'll talk about that too, yeah. but transitioning from, okay, I have this client base of people that, you know, that you got started with, but then you wow. realize that I need to raise prices. And so, yeah. so many people in our community talk about that transition and it, you know, sometimes it's, it's slow for a little while while you're building yeah. a new base. Did you feel like that was the case and like you had to kind of start over a little bit? Well, what's pretty unique is I live where I went to college. So I grew up outside of Philadelphia and then came to Wilmington, North Carolina for school. And I so I moved here, you know, as a, I don't know, 18 year old. And really built such a great community through different, you know, organizations. I was in some groups of women who volunteered or my gym. And so I, I feel like at the time school was not necessarily where my client base was. I was kind of like all over the place with different, different groups and different people. And as my business grew and as they, you know, people saw how my images were changing or my experience was changing, I, you know, didn't necessarily have to didn't necessarily lose a ton of clients in that in that transition. So that was kind of definitely a little bit of a blessing for me. There are many people that I did kind of lose along the way, but for the better part of the past few years, a lot of my clients have just been consistently the same, which has been great. That is great. So were you always a motherhood photographer or did you shoot weddings? Did you do other things when you first started? So definitely I've always been a motherhood photographer. My heart is with babies and children and just the whole family dynamic. When I 
started, I, you know, had the problem of saying yes to everything. So if someone <laughs> said, oh, we have a small wedding, would you do it? I would say yes. So definitely mm -hmm. had a handful of weddings, but it was never a focus or like a specific brand of Caroline Jean photography. People don't necessarily know my name for weddings. And at this point, I don't, you know, don't take on those types of sessions, but had in the past, you know, a few here and there. I think we all get started that way, just, you know, taking any work in the beginning. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It right. definitely gives us the experience that we need to kind of hone our craft. But so I do want to hear about the leap from leaving your teaching job to full-time photography, because I know, I again, like I've talked to others that, oh, I think that's a big, that's also another big theme in our community. Like so many people want to leave their steady job for this and something they love. And so talk to us about that. Like, was that difficult? How did your family handle that? Like, did they think you had lost your mind? Like, I guess since I was little, I had always said my dream was to be a teacher and probably a lot of little girls feel that way. I always had like my classroom in the basement. And so my parents were definitely a little surprised when I said, I think I'm going to take this full time because they had always said, well, your hobby is photography, but your dream is teaching. And how many years did you teach? I taught for nine years. So okay. Nine on my 10th. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, I fulfilled this dream. You know, it's still aspects of it that, you know, you miss and you love. But I think my conversation was that I, you know, that was a big check, checked teaching off my list. And now it's time for a new dream. Um, but getting there was a little bit more challenging for me. I put a lot of pressure on myself in the beginning when I realized that photography could go somewhere. I said to myself, well, when I get married, I'll quit teaching. I'll have a spouse. I will have someone to help support me and I'll take photography full time. And that was just kind of like consistent in my head when I get married or when I have kids one day, I'm going to take photography full time because that will be the best career, you know, during that time of my life. And so I spent, you know, a few years saying that to myself. And I, it, during like a lot of hard conversations and talking with different people, I had to just take that narrative out of my head because I wasn't on that same timeline. I'm not married and I don't have kids. And if I continued to tell myself that I couldn't follow this dream until I had those things, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I had to make that choice of saying, I can do this because I want it. And when that became my narrative, I put in my resignation and said, I can do this as just Caroline, not as, you know, once you get married or once you have kids, you can follow this dream. So that was kind of my journey to, you know, that self-efficacy and just believing in myself saying I can do it. And so it's been, we're on year two now. That makes me smile real big, kind of gives me chills because that's something I think about a lot. Like is, you know, when people are successful, sometimes they have to make leaps of faith. And what is it that, what is it that gives some people the confidence to do that? And then some people never can do that. Like, is there right. something that you can point to that you think gave you the ability to leave? Like something that was really safe and secure and something that was also a dream, like, what do you think it was in your life that gave you the yeah. whatever you needed to do that? I have always been very much of a strong, independent woman, you know, doing my own thing and following the path that I want. But I just think life changes. And I was going through a period where I was 
getting to the gym at 5 a.m., getting to school at 6, getting home at 3, and then spending all night photographing and then editing all night. And it was just a vicious cycle of nonstop work. And I felt like Caroline's life was on pause because I was a teacher. Like my hat was, you know, Miss Kemmerer, the teacher, and then the photographer. And I was losing like my own identity. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, something's got to give. I can't work two full-time jobs. I want to travel and I want to spend time with my friends and family and, and live like, you know, at the time I was 29 or 30, do what 29 year olds and 30 year olds do like have fun and, and not live just to work. So at that point, one job had to go. <laughs> Caroline, are you a firstborn? I am not. I have an older sister and than me. Okay. Yeah. What are you, have you taken the Enneagram? You know, I I have, and it's, (laughs) it's probably split my mind exactly what I am, but I should, I need to redo that. You sound like a go-getter. That's why I ask. That's really inspiring that you just, you know, that's a big, hard step. So was there anything like practically that you did that you might give advice on? Was it like, I'm going to put this, I'm going to have this much money in the bank, or I'm going to have, you know, this much cushion before I quit my job. Is there anything like that just practically that you might could give advice to someone else that's in your shoes? Yeah, I am definitely more of a saver. So definitely having some cushion and and saying to myself, you know, I need to be able to have enough to pay my, at, at the time that I was quitting, I had just bought my house. I had a few big financial, you know, obligations. And I was like, I need to you know, definitely put some money away and make sure I have, um, you know, some cushion to be able to take this leap, but photography provided and the hustle provided. And I didn't, you know, didn't have a feeling that I was, you know, struggling at all in, in that aspect, but it was definitely, definitely advice to have some things in place. Like I, I definitely wanted to make sure I went a few years necessarily not as a legitimate business. So making sure I had an accountant and someone setting up, you know, Caroline Jean Photography, I went as an S Corp and then making, you know, photography account and making sure I had a website and, you know, a CRM and different, different aspects that I knew I needed to set myself up for success. So I worked on a lot of that as well, you know, before the big transition. And so tell me about a little bit about your client experience. Sure. So you know, once a client inquires, I send them, I have some automated emails, but also enjoy being able to talk on the phone. So I kind of give some options, whether we start off with a phone call or just emailing back and forth. And I like to ask if, you know, have an onboarding questionnaire just to see, are we a good fit for one another? Are they my ideal client? And am I the photographer for them? So if we get through that you know, point, then I am sharing my pricing and what I'm offering and just making sure it aligns with what they're looking for. And at that point, if we're a good fit, I book their session. And I mainly have just a few locations here in Wilmington. And a lot of clients want a similar aesthetic, similar style. So I will send over, you know, a style guide, a portrait guide, and then go from there. Most of my sessions are just sunset on the beach. So we, I will prep, you know, clients of what to expect for that meeting there and then photographing their family. Afterward, they send their gallery. I use Pixie set and then they have options. We create albums and artwork and give, you know, a final experience at the end of their session. 
So that's okay. kind of, I guess, like family wise and that, that structure is similar to the rest of my sessions as well. Okay. So what CRM do you use? 17 hats? Yes. I use HoneyBook. HoneyBook. Okay. So yeah. tell me what you love because we hear a lot about 17 hats, but mm-hmm. we don't talk and probably because Jenny Allison and I all use 17 hats. So tell me about HoneyBook and why you love HoneyBook. Well, at the time I, you know, starting the business adventure, um, I have a small group of girls here. There's about five of us and we meet monthly. Um, They're all, you know, motherhood photographers. And at the time we just all were like, let's put our heads together and, you know, kind of pick something that we can all help each other with. So we just selected HoneyBook and I invested so much in it. And so even to this point, I'm just comfortable with it, but I still do. I love the automations. I love the aesthetic of sending different documents. And I keep all of my payments right through HoneyBook as well. So all of my invoices. Um, so I'm sure similar to other CRMs, it gets the job done. And so tell me about your different session offerings. And I, I guess I didn't realize you were on the beach. So you're yeah. are you getting a good amount of maybe like vacation um, yeah, that... maybe a few years ago was getting a lot more vacationers, um, but I do find that some people on vacation are looking for large extended family sessions. They'll, they'll inquire, they want, you know, short and sweet and a photo with, you know, 40 people. And that is not necessarily on brand for Caroline Jean photography. Right. So I will have some, some vacationers, but, um, the, the town that I live in is very, you know, it's mostly just clients that live here. Yeah. So as far as session options, do you have a, like, I'm sure you have like a single session option, but do you have a membership option or like a baby plan option? So I do offer just, you know, traditional portrait sessions, whether that's a single family, maternity. And then I do, I haven't necessarily called it a membership yet, still trying to revamp how I'm offering sessions, but I do call it like my motherhood collection and they can choose between maternity, newborn, a three, six, nine, 12 milestone heirloom composite at the end. So kind of, you know, we'll, we'll build a package based on what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. I would say my most popular is the maternity newborn six and 12, and then turning that 12 month into the heirloom artwork piece. So that's definitely my, my biggest, um, you know, and most popular package. Okay. So let's talk about that because this month you have education insider membership on heirloom photography. And so I'm in Alabama and heirloom photography is big because it's very Southern and you know, the, the hand-sewn bonnets and the beautiful gowns. And I just love it. I don't know if it's a thing everywhere, but it seems like it's gaining a lot of popularity. And it's so funny because the composites that you, I want to hear all about. But when I started photography 20 years ago, there was, we were like the new digital kids on the block. There were no new, there were no young photographers. It was the old film guys. And that's what they did here. They did very traditional studio portraiture and you had to get the three, six, nine month or the three, whatever composite of the three images. And it was signed um, by the Robertsons and the Robertsons were three generations wow. of photographers. And I thought one day I'm going to do that, you know, and, and then photography blew up and everybody became a photographer and everyone was shooting lifestyle outdoor. And I still love the heirloom photography 
and still did some of that. And now like it's making a comeback and more and more people are interested in it. So I'm very interested to know, tell us how you're incorporating that into your, your business, how you sell it, how you shoot it. So all the things I, you know, originally started out just maternity newborn and I would offer some, you know, milestone sessions and, Mm -hmm. Towards the end, moms would always come up and say, I really, they would show like a screenshot of a very antique looking, you know, old piece Mm -hmm. of art at the composite. And they said, can you do this? And for years I said, no, I'm sorry, I can't. And I'd recommend someone who lived in the next big city, like Raleigh or Charlotte or Charleston, because there were some, you know, people in those areas that did them. But really no one in my, you know, town, city offered it. And so I kept saying no to everyone and, and like recommending others. And I thought to myself, why am I saying no, I need to learn how to do this. I need to add it to, you know, my brand and have be able to service my clients from start to finish without having to recommend them, you know, out of house. And so I spent some time really just trial and error. I believe with heirloom and like any photography, there's so many ways to do it, whether you're using natural light or, you know, flash. If you're in studios and people offer little pop-ups, but I knew I had great natural light, a studio space. So I um, offered a day of mini sessions with them. Definitely trial and error because I don't enjoy doing back-to-back minis of heirlooms at this time, but it was a great way for me to practice and really learn. I'm a hands-on learner, um, so I had some best friends come over and bring their toddlers, and I just continued to practice until I was able to say, okay, I can offer this at the price point and at the luxury level that I want to start at. I didn't want to start out saying, oh, I'm learning this and here's an heirloom session for $100. I wanted to be able to say, this is a luxury experience. This is a piece of art that you are taking home um, that you are going to love for generations and generations. So having that in the back of my mind, just knowing what I wanted the end result to be. So, you know, today, if someone comes in, we... um, many, because I live in the South, many people have their own heirloom style, traditional smocked outfit. I do offer a few, but many people like to bring their own and they come into the studio. I have a white paper backdrop. I like the seamless look of the paper and I set up a small little white stool and I photograph mainly just a portrait, like shoulders up just of their face And they're looking in different directions. I have little stuffed animals and toys to get, you know, different looks for the child. And then after the session is finished, I send digital proofs through Pixie Set. And they are just the black and white images, typically sending. I do have a problem with oversending, but typically between like 15 to 18 photos, I would like to get that a little lower. And then from there, they have the option to come in or just do a Zoom and we will talk about their five favorites and what makes this one portrait go really well in the right corner, what one goes in the left-hand corner. And we design that, you know, until they're happy with it. And then they're also choosing their paper, their matting, framing, because I, again, I wanted it to be um, just an artwork piece. They're not getting the composite digitally. And so after framing, deliver the piece. And I always ask them to send, you know, a photo of it hanging in their home and everyone just 
compliments and raves over how beautiful it looks. So that's kind of the process of the heirloom photography. So are most people choosing the five image composite? Yes. So, you know, in the beginning, and again, it's probably different from for everyone's business and everyone's clientele. But once, you know, I thought a lot of people would like just a single portrait with a nice mat and frame. But once families saw the five images and you can have like a giggly, happy corner and then the other corner, you know, looking off in the distance and a, just different personalities of their child, they people are just my clients are drawn to that. So I would say nine times out of 10, they are ordering the full five image composite. And then the next point of sale is, I always say this, their favorite image, which is typically the center. We print two for like grandparent gifts. So we say, okay, what's your favorite? What would you like to gift others? And we kind of use that as that single image. So how do you, if you don't mind sharing, how do you price that? Like, so is the framing included? Is the framing separate? Yes. So I have a creative fee that they're paying, which is 250 for the session. And that is just the, the session fee. So it's not including, you know, it includes the artwork design and use of, you know, my client closet. And then from there, they're, they're seeing like the digital proofs, but they're all watermarked. They're not included. Once they select their five, for the composite and we order the artwork, the five image printed framed composite um, currently is $1,200. And that will include the digitals, the corresponding digitals for those five images. And that, like I said, that is mainly the most popular piece that I'm selling. That's really cool. <laughs> Did you tell me that the framing is included? Oh, sorry. Yes. So I, at one point thought about just offering the paper, you know, just the printed composite. Again, I did not want clients to take that beautiful printed composite and go grab a frame from Walmart or go grab a frame from Target. There's nothing wrong with, you know, large right. four frames if you want to use it here and there. But for this piece, I wanted to make sure that if I'm pushing that it's a luxury item and I, I want them to know that it is truly a piece of art that is in their home, that the entire investment needs to be from start to finish. And I didn't want them to then take that print elsewhere. So yeah, there is not just a single print, you know, paper print option. It is all framed. So which you have you have options for frames and they're all in that price point. So it's included. Yes. Yes. Okay. Can people just book an heirloom session with you? Yes, they can. So if a family comes in, they don't necessarily have to have maternity, newborn and okay. milestone. They can come. Yes. Anyone can come in and have that heirloom. They're most popular. I say your child should really be sitting up on their own independent. So really around 12 months and then three, four years old is typically like, the oldest, but I don't necessarily cap that age. If someone came in with an eight-year-old and said, I've never had these before and I want them, I would not say no. Have you ever thought about working with a, an artist? Like the there's a, a business that's close by here that does heirloom portraits and they, you, you have an option of doing a, like a pastel or a, well, yeah. And, and they work with a, a local artist to do those from the photography and they're really beautiful too. That would be a great extension. I've had a couple friends, you know, do the full heirloom process with me and then pick their favorite image and have had it like watercolor painted mm -hmm. or oil painted. And that has, you know, maybe having a connection like that would be, you know, a great goal moving forward. 
just to continue to elevate the brand. Mm-hmm. And how are you designing the composite? Just laying it out in Photoshop? So I do all of my editing in Lightroom and then I will take the images into Photoshop and I just start with an 11 by 14 white page and I drag and drop each image and use a lot of erasing and painting and blending and feathering the background for each image and just resizing based on where, you know, I'm placing, it's truly just like their collarbone to, you know, if it's a girl, they're the top of their bow or, you know, just their hair. Um, so it's really just, you know, zoomed into their face and I use Photoshop for all of that. Okay. And do you want to share where you are ordering or your prints from or what sort of paper you're printing on? Are you, are you doing like a cotton fine art paper or? Yes. So, you know, thanks to TMA for all of the, you know, education and learning. I've now, hopefully I'm not butchering the name, but Musea or Muse is where I, Musea. Uh-huh. Musea is where I order all of my prints. I use them for, you know, the full experience, printing, matting, framing. Okay. And I give typically two paper options if, they just want a simple print or if they do want like the Canson rag or the museum etching, you know, just a little thicker, um, more textured paper. And I give that either of those choices to the client. Okay. Well, that's good information. Thank you. So these are kind of fun, quick questions. If you had to go back, what do you wish that you knew when you first started your business? When I first started, I felt like My goal and to be successful was to book as many sessions as I could every single day and say yes to everyone. That was success to me in the beginning. And so that's definitely changed. And I wish I could go back and tell myself that I don't need four sessions a day, seven days a week, that, you know, I can have my business and live the life that I want to live and scale back and really fine tune my brand without working myself paper thin. Amen, sister. <laughs> I think we all come to that point where we have to learn that lesson. You know, and if I'm you're still, still learning it, I'm still, yeah. still have to learn to say yes to certain things and no to others. I'm famous for saying I heard this somewhere. I think it was Bob Goff. He says, quit something new every week, or yeah. I probably butchered that. But something I think like that. that's, you know, as I get older, that's a piece of wisdom I think is so true. Like it's really about like saying yes to less so yeah. that the things that you do say yes to can be better and more fulfilling. Yes. Yes. Biggest mistake in your business. Oh, that's tough. Honestly, probably. And again, to this day, it's the comparison and feeling like I need to consistently change and do what others are doing when, you know, in reality, I should just stick to what I believe in, stick to what makes me happy and not make changes based on what I think others will like, or others will, you know, seeking approval from others when I make changes. So just, you know, sticking true to who I am and, and, you know, what I believe in. Well, I couldn't, I can't let you go without a shameless plug for TMA. So would you mind sharing what's your favorite part of uh, the motherhood anthology community or how it's made a difference in your business? I just like firmly believe that if we want others to invest in, you know, if I want someone to invest in my business, then I have to be willing to invest in myself. And I think the best way to do that is through education. We are, no matter who you are, if you're 
a $200 session, a $2,000 session or 20,000, you can always learn and always grow and always, you know, make yourself better and make improvements. So to me, TMA is that whether you're a current member or interested in joining, I think it's a great way just to continually fill your cup as a photographer in so many different aspects. My favorite is I, I'm a very hands-on learner. So when someone comes out with content that has a video, I feel like I'm in a one-on-one class and I'm able to learn from someone else and really watch them. So that has been, you know, just so beneficial to, you know, building my own business. Um, so just investing in yourself and knowing that there are organizations out there that will support you to do that. And that's definitely what the motherhood anthology has been for me. You know, I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, especially, you know, in, a, in the photography world, like we're just trucking along by ourselves most of the time. Um, and we kind of get, and there's nothing wrong with, I wouldn't say, mm-hmm. I was going to say get in a rut, but it's not really a rut. I think we find, right. you know, what's working for us at the time. And so we get in that groove maybe. And sometimes, you know, without the ability to look around and go, oh, there might be a better way, or there might be a different way, or, you know, just sometimes we need to shake it up sometimes because yeah. it gets boring and we're creatives and we get bored from time to time. So I think just having that community of people that are kind of doing the same thing, but in lots of different ways, it's, yeah. it's really, I'm good it's for us. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been fun. And um, I, I'm going to ask you my, you know, one of my favorite questions, and then I'm going to let everybody, you tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. So what would you say your definition of success is? I would say you know, my personal definition of success is feeling just content and happy with where I am and not feeling a pull either way to make all these changes and just feeling very content in who I am as a person, what I bring to my brand, how I communicate with others, the relationships that I build, you know, when I have clients or friends or anyone, you know, talk to me about their experience. It's, typically praising who I am as a person. And that's the biggest compliment. And I feel so successful when I know others care and others, you know, view me very positively. So I feel like, you know, sometimes you see numbers as success, which it definitely is, or how many clients you have, but just feeling like I've made this current dream come true is success to me. Well, you should be proud because, you know, it is, it's, you've done a great thing. And um, I think so often, like when people don't realize um, how much work and how many years and how much time, even though it's a dream and it's, you know, fun, it's a lot of work. And sometimes I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, we don't, we don't get a pat on the back, you know, as often as we should. So I'm giving you a pat on the back. (laughs) Yeah. So tell everyone um, where they can check your workout and connect with you and find you. So, you know, most popular spot would definitely be Instagram. So my Instagram is Caroline Jean Photography. Same with Facebook website. Everything is Caroline Jean Photography. So I would love to connect with others and, you know, other photographers, clients, anyone can reach out right through those platforms. And again, you're, um, you're doing a takeover on TMA's Instagram today. By the time this comes out, you know, they, they won't be able to see it, right. live, but we do save it to our highlights. So if you want to check out her takeover, check just out a day in the life. 
yeah, yeah. go to it go to the motherhood anthology instagram and look at our highlights and you'll have you'll have a bubble there and people can follow along thank you caroline i appreciate it this has been so lovely to chat and it's just been a, such an incredible experience you know to be featured and i really appreciate it I appreciate Caroline for joining me on today's episode. I have so much adoration for her bravery and go-getter approach to her photography business. I left our chat feeling so inspired and convicted to put my own personal holdups behind me and take on new and exciting challenges, and I hope you felt that way too. In this episode, Caroline mentioned our TMA membership and how much it means to her and her own business. The doors to our membership are currently closed, but we will reopen very soon. We'd love for you to be the first to know when the doors do open. Simply hop on our email waitlist at themotherhoodanthology.com under the Membership tab. And while you're there, look around under the Courses tab, and there you'll find all kinds of free resources waiting for you. Eleanor Roosevelt said it best, You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you stop to look fear in the face. So from our lens to yours, until next time, friends.